Time to catch up with the team from Carte Blanche. And today we are setting our sights on the so-called jewel of the garden route, the town of Neisner. I know we have several listeners to the show who live and work in Neisner, and they will probably not have been surprised by last night's Carte Blanche segment on the state of decay in the town. The bottom line is that the jewel is losing its sparkle at a quite alarming rate as it sinks beneath piles of uncollected rubbish and spilled sewage and contaminated water and broken promises. Uh, With me in studio this afternoon is Catherine Rice, who produced that segment last night and did such a great piece of storytelling in making it seem real. And I say that, Catherine, because, as listeners will know, my parents live in Neisner. And for months now, I've been hearing them talking about the garbage trucks that never come residents who are collecting five litre water bottles to take up to Hornley Township because they know there's no water there. It's been sort of increasing in tempo and frequency, but I even so didn't have quite the perception of the reality until I saw your footage taken from a helicopter last night and and got that sort of bird's eye view of it. Now, let's talk about why this story at this point. Catherine, I know residents have been writing to the MEC for local government, appealing for him to step in. We heard the Premier speaking about Neisner in his response to the State of the Nation address. Was it all of that that prompted your team to take a look at the story or did you get a direct appeal from Neisner residents? I, I'd been seeing in, in the media that there were a lot of stories coming through about what was happening in, in Neisner. And I know across South Africa we have municipalities that are failing. Mm. But I wanted to look a little bit deeper and try and understand why this acceleration had suddenly happened. I think in the last um, 18 months, it really has reached yeah. crisis point. And I think what what viewers and, and voters need to understand is that, you know, although people, although the Western Cape is run by the DA, these municipalities are run by coalitions, and uh, some of them. And in Neisner's case, it is a, a multi-party coalition that is led by the DA. So in that council, you have seven seats belonging to the ANC, one to the PBI, one to the EFF and two to the Patriotic Alliance. So your opposition is the DA with eight seats and the Neisner Independent Movement with two seats. So what happened was 18 months ago, the ANC-led coalition took over after a series of no, uh, you know, motions no confidence of no votes. Yeah, exactly. In in several of the leadership positions, and that's how the DA-led coalition was booted out 18 months ago. And now I'm I'm not saying that it that Neisner was. Um, particularly well run before then. I think there have been problems coming on for a long time. And and from all the residents we've spoken to, infrastructure seems to be a massive issue. The town's really grown. There are about 85,000 residents now. And infrastructure has not really been addressed. So we, we spent a lot of time with one of the businessmen who's really trying to take on board what is happening um, and trying to to get the municipality to do something. But from everywhere we turned to and everyone we spoke to, very much they, they please fall on deaf ears. Mm. They're just not getting any response. There are some councillors working very, very hard, um, you know, but it's, it's, it's very, they can't get things done. And I think the audio recordings that, that you got a glimpse into yeah. that council meeting, that was the first council meeting of the year. Now, those audio recordings are uploaded to YouTube and anyone in the public is free to listen to them. I spent um, six hours listening to every last word of it. And, and what was very clear to me was that not a lot can get done because everybody wants to have the, the, their say in these coalitions. Mm-hmm. Every And so it becomes a grandstanding. You need me and I need you, so therefore you listen to me. And they don't actually get down to the business of the day. What was particularly alarming was in November last year, at the end of November last year, 
the plumber was called into the Kyle Air 2 reservoir because pipes had been blocked. And the reason pipes had been blocked was because a body had been decomposing in there for two weeks. So much so that the flesh of the body had actually come off the body and, and when they removed it, you know, it was fell apart. it oh, fell apart. Ghastly. Which Alan Windy, um, the Premier of the Western Cape, referred to in his response to the State of the Nation address. Now, that happened and we went to that particular reservoir and the municipality is paying for security at that reservoir. Yet when we went there, the gate is completely broken, the cows were walking in, People were drinking from the, the water there. Um, and and it's, it was absolutely astonishing that they are paying service providers. So who are these service providers? Yeah. Many people said to us that the service providers that are being used are fixing, for example, conveyor belts that break down at the waste depot. But then they break down again and they reuse those very same service providers. So there are investigations underway, but these things take time. And one of the things that um, the DA Ward Councillor Sharon Sabach uh, spoke to me about was that they are actually, they've reported all 11 coalition councillors to Minister Brazil, mm. and they have filed a breach of code of conduct against them. That is currently in being investigated. And if that stands then they will not be able to stand for elections for the next two years. But that investigation is currently underway. So these things take time, as do illegal appointments when they are contested mm, in court. As they have been, as they at have great been, cost. At great cost to the municipality and the ratepayers' purse. Mm. But what, what I think voters need to understand, and I think in, in, particularly in the case of, of Neisner, Really, I think probably the best case scenario for Neisner is for it to be placed under administration. And if that were to happen, which which is definitely something that I think is on the cards from what we've been hearing from Alan Windy, uh, Minister Bridell is also drawing up a diagnostic reports that are coming in in March. All of that, they are looking very closely at Neisner right now. If it is put under administration, that could potentially lead to a dissolution of the council, which would force by-elections. Right. If that doesn't happen, your ordinary voter in Neisner is not going to get a chance to actually vote for somebody else until, until 2026. Mm. Exactly. Which I think is very important. And I think what's also important for people to understand is that these smaller parties, when they vote for these smaller parties that get these seats they often end up working with the dominant party. So sometimes, you know, a vote for a smaller party can end up really being a vote for the ANC because they end up working in these coalitions and they start jockeying for positions. And those smaller parties end up having a hell of a lot of power because they can be the deciding factor in a, in a vote of no confidence or whatever the case may be. And if that smaller party is an amazing, civic-minded, enthusiastic, energetic person who is passionate about what is best for your municipality, that can work in your favour. But if Absolutely. they are looking to curry favour and find personal power and influence, it works against you. So it's a, it's it's a, a, something you've got to think about very, very carefully. Catherine, already a number of listeners commenting here, and one of them, I'm so glad you raised this, uh, is the question of the rubbish that's not being collected in Neisner. Uh, we heard last night, and I know I've heard from my parents, that some residents are taking it upon themselves to pay private contractors to come and take away rubbish and then dump it somewhere else. Rubbish is going to plate. Somebody else saying garden root rubbish is coming over the mountain to be dumped at our landfill site in Oatswurn at a cost. At a cost, exactly. Yeah. I, I, I believe there are only three refuse trucks that are working in Neisner. There's supposed to be 12. Um, 
what's happening is also illegal dumping sites are cropping yep. up. Um, the road to to Nutsi is sometimes impassable and there were shots oh of gosh. that in my mm-hmm. insert last night where you can actually just see that people are just dumping their rubbish wherever. There's now a, a fight back from the community. On Thursday last week, we left Nisna on Wednesday and on Thursday uh, residents were protesting outside the municipality because that initial 31st of January council meeting was postponed to Thursday, the day okay. after we left. So people were protesting. There's a call to dump rubbish outside the municipality. There are rats running it around town. Mm. It's really crazy. I mean, the stench is unbearable. But what residents are now doing, and, and uh, residents um, have paid from their own pockets to fix George Rex Drive, which we also had some shots of that in yeah. our insert last night, where they are coming together and trying to fix it. They are coming together to try and sort out the sewage plant. They are trying to come in and raise that money and see what they can do from their side. And that's sort of very much being spearheaded by um, fantastic business people and leaders like John Metlicamp, who we interviewed, yeah. you know, like the, the the guy who took us up in the helicopter. You know, these are guys who are invested there. They Their businesses are there. They want to stay there. They want to grow the town. They want it to be a tourist hotspot. Mm. And they, there's a huge concern that that is not going to be turned around unless residents actually do get involved. So, Those are residents who are lucky enough to have some sway and some finances at their disposal to spend on this. Catherine, up the hill in Hornby, you have residents who are also fighting very hard to try and improve things in their part of Nisner. No water for weeks on end. No water for weeks on end. Raw sewage flowing. Raw sewage. It was it was a really depressing situation to go to Horney and speak to the activist we spoke, Lynn Kester, an amazing woman. She's really fighting for her community. But those there are two wards there. Both of those wards are run by ANC councillors. So they were voted into those wards. But I think people need to really think carefully about who they're voting for and who's going to be running those wards. Over this past weekend, they had no water at an old age home there. And people, councillors from other wards were coming into Hornley to deliver to people who are disabled and cannot get to the water trucks. That's a massive issue as well. You know, an old person cannot carry a five Five litre water water bottle up a hill. So you've got these issues where, I mean, I heard stories about children going to school. They cannot wash their clothes. So they go to school and even the schools do not have water. So these poor children come to school in clothes that haven't been washed for weeks. I mean, the humidity there was was unbelievable. It, was, it felt like 40 degrees. It was so hot. So you can imagine these poor teenagers having to go to school and they haven't been able to wash their clothes or shower. So they're trying to help in any way they can. That The councillors that, that are working around the clock. I, I, I don't believe that all the councillors on that council are working around the clock, but I do believe that there are some, some. that are. And, and, and as it is, always is in these cases, they're these grey areas. So I'm, I'm not saying everybody in that council is terrible, but this coalition is not working and it is collapsing. Perhaps for me, the most alarming thing last night was to hear the executive mayor of Neisner describing it as having some small challenges were the words he used. Small challenges. You have an entire population in Hornby who've had no water for two weeks. That's not a small challenge. That's a crisis. Is it, is it about trying to deflect? Is it about just failing to recognize the gravity of the situation? Um, I, I mean, it, it just sounded like that there was not even a recognition well, of I the mean, depth it, of the problem. It amazes me that he is, in, he is running a municipality that he was once fired from 
In 2013, he was fired from his job. He was a traffic officer. He worked there for eight years. He was fired for allegedly being involved in a violent scuffle at an ANC meeting. How, how did he get into that position? Who are the people running them? What are their qualifications? That, as a Neisner resident, I would like to know. Mm. Who is running infrastructure? I can tell you it's Beauty Charlie. What are her qualifications? Let's find that out. Let's actually dig deep. Mm. Who is the person responsible for infrastructure? Well, it's Beauty Charlie. If you listen to the full interview, uh, full not interview, the full audio recordings of that council meeting on the 31st of January, which is on YouTube and anyone in Eisner can listen to, you will hear from Ni- uh, from Beauty Charlie. And it will not inspire a lot of confidence. And I think it's extremely concerning. So I think that the people of Neisner need to understand who's actually in charge there, who's gonna, who's got to turn it around. And if they don't have faith in them, then they need to, to rally and, and, and get things changed themselves. Catherine, a message from Brendan, which I'll echo, saying thank you for your in-depth work on this story. Brendan's comment is, this isn't this where democracy should kick in? One would expect the DA to enjoy an overriding majority at the next municipal election because of the current suffering. To be fair, some of these problems predate the current coalition Absolutely. government. And so I- it's not, not entirely to say it's only the current coalition that is responsible. But Brendan, absolutely taking your point that one would hope to see this continual pressure now, people talking up about it, speaking out about what is going on there, helping to create pressure on uh, either you deliver or you get voted out the next time round. Absolutely. And find out who your councillors are. Find out who they are. What what experience do they have? Where did these people come from? How did they get into those positions? You know, it's 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 we're heading into a national election year. This is going to be one of the most important years for South Africa's future. Mm. And voters need to understand who they're voting for and how it's going to impact their future. And they need to know what the lay of the land is and what these coalitions could potentially look like because this is a microcosm of what potential national politics could be looking like and Can it's, you imagine? it's yeah. very very scary it really is and it doesn't benefit the ordinary South African and the ordinary ordinary resident in Hornley or Kailetu or Manenberg or Hanover Park or whatever it is people need to to do their research and really really take their vote to the stations this year Catherine Rice thank you to you and your team for the work on this segment